0: Warning, this podcast contains scenes of explicit nonsense and lore.
1: Previously on the Resident Evil Podcast. If, if you look
2: how absolutely fantastic the Resident Evil 3 intro was, to go from something like that to this,
3: it's just, it, it, just watching it just puts me in a bad mood. So the enemies in Code Veronica are, like, probably consistently the most frustrating, I think, of the franchise.
2: It just looks like a cock of balls,
3: doesn't
4: it? <laughs> I did exactly the same as well. I didn't even open the manhole until literally I had the halberd
0: ready to go. And the bats as well. You look- <laughs> you've got bats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. I, you've got, got bats, bats. Nick, you've but, got
3: yeah. bets. Nick, you've got bats. Nick, you've got bats. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Resident Evil podcast, a podcast more contagious than the coronavirus, so stay safe everyone. I'm Nick, but i known as Neptune, Neptune Skywalker. Let's see who's joining us today. (laughs) Sorry ladies, he's not Robert Pattinson, just some guy from the north of England, it's the Batman. Hi. He recently got ambushed by a group of naked zombies in a stream. Now, what he does in his own time is entirely up to him. It stars Tyrant. Yo. He's, <laughs> he's been in charge of more Resident Evil websites than Vincent used teenage test subjects. It's Rombie. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and finally, he's created more traps for men than Katie Price. It's George Trevor.
0: I'm just here for the quiz. <laughs>
1: Coming up on today's podcast, we'll be looking at all the latest Resident Evil news, both gaming and site news, and it's a joy to actually say that we have a site to talk about. And our main discussion of the podcast, will be looking at our final preview of Resident Evil 3 Remake, which is due out in less than four weeks' time at the point of recording. So we're going to be looking at our final hopes and fears for what could be the final remake. Who knows? We'll see. And then we'll be rounding off proceedings with another edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So, without further ado, we'll start with some site news. So, of course, our big big news that's happened in the last week is Resident Evil Podcast.com is open. Oh, at last. This has been, ooh, I don't know, five, six months in, in, in the making. It launched to great fanfare, so I would personally also like to say thank you to everyone that quickly joined us for the opening ceremony, which was on our Discord, which was nice. Just a couple of people turning up, listening to me ramble on and uh, amazingly, all the technology worked well and it actually opened when I basically clicked the open button uh, on WordPress, which uh, was a miracle in itself. But yes, Website is open. I um, hope everyone's been having a good browse uh, and looking at some of our content. Um, I think we explained previously it's not a full blown fan site per se, but a place where we can showcase our projects and what a project we have showcased. Um, I refer, of course, to John's incredible mythology 4.0, uh, which is nearly 3,000 pages in length and is quite simply the most in depth. Uh, analysis of the timeline that has ever been produced. So have a good look around uh, that. I would recommend downloading them because they're all on PDF. So you should be able to click the download button, put them onto your computer, and then browse in your own time. John, congratulations, my friend. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. How much do I owe you for that plug? <laughs> Invoices in the post. <laughs> But you know, seriously though, uh, incredible, incredible timeline. Uh, this has been taking you the last ten years.
2: Yeah, I enjoy the
1: games obviously, but
2: the the storyline in particular has always been my personal favourite aspect of the series. It's something I've always followed quite closely. I was influenced by other timelines, of course, like Sean's on the Ari Horror and uh, some of the earlier chronologies that people had done. And yeah, it started off as just something purely for fun, but then it just got ridiculously big. And um, you know, I, was, I found myself doing really. Silly things, like my enjoyment of the games became a little bit compromised because I was more worried about reading newspaper textures and and looking for clues on dates rather than simply sitting back and enjoying the games. I remember, I think it was Operation Raccoon City, these were the days before people regularly extracted textures from the backgrounds and stuff and I remember walking round, firing guns so the muzzle flare would illuminate textures on the walls so I could write down dates and I remember I was just thinking to myself what the fuck am I doing with my life? Um And as more games came out, 2012 in particular, when we had all that media, I just fell really far behind, and I've been playing catch up ever since. Now that it's done, I'm I'm really pleased. People are enjoying it, and um, it's a massive weight off my shoulders. I'm just glad I finally got it finished because there was many, many a time where I thought I would just never get it finished. Um, But it's thanks to you guys, really, doing these podcasts and the discussions we've had, that's uh, given me the enthusiasm to keep going. So uh, you've all played your parts, even if you didn't necessarily know it. Oh no, don't give.
1: I can't give any credit, John
4: feel the same <laughs> um,
1: we've been nagging how are we going when it's finished time yeah, for many pages <laughs> I mean yeah it, it's credible just for a bit of guidance for everyone it's all thoroughly researched it's looking at japanese uh, translated material it's looking at the english localizations uh, and it is just john y- your opinion on it. there's so many materials and contradictions that have been over the years you're not going to please everyone so you know just bear that in mind when when reading and if you've got a specific question we've opened up a specific timeline channel in our discord server where you can directly ask john any question you have and he'll do his best to answer them as quickly as possible but lots more to look forward to john you i think you said in some of the notes there may be an alternative 1998 timeline coming
2: yeah i mean obviously the remakes of two and three are a highly contentious issue i mean we've voiced plenty of times on on these podcasts how wary we were about their existence, and from a personal point of view, I was particularly unhappy when they announced Remake 2, because I thought potentially I'm going to have to chuck away all the work I'd done on the original game, so I was pleased when it was more of a reimagining, but I am aware that you know there's going to be a large portion of the fan base are going to take the remakes of 2 and 3 as canon, no matter what anyone else says, and, and rather than try and overlap them all, I just think it would be easier to do just an alternate 1998 with the events of Remake 2 and 3 as taking precedence over the original game games and that way people can just pick which versions they prefer rather than just constantly arguing you know which games canon and which one isn't so it'll be a bit more work but I think that's the right thing to do with it just so every game's covered.
0: I particularly enjoyed I mean the inclusion of Operation Raccoon City and I don't know if Batman would agree, maybe not so much the content of the game, but I like the fact that you included the Inserted Evil in you know, a marketing campaign, because I think there's some really great stuff that came with that.
2: Yeah, definitely. That was that was one of the big influences for um, putting Operation Raccoon City in there, because I know we knew from pretty early on it wasn't going to be canon, and I did look at it all, I wrote it all down when I got the game, and about 70% of it could hypothetically fit, but there's, there's one level in particular, I think it's the Spec Ops fight against the Tyrants, where that just wouldn't fit in any kind of capacity so I just had to leave that out. But I must admit, the insert of evil files was the reason I decided to um, put the game in there. And at one point, I changed my mind and wanted to take it all off, but because I'd done it on Microsoft Word, I couldn't do it without ruining all the formatting. So it en- <laughs> it ended up just stopping in there. But you're right, George. It's got some decent background lore, operation, Raccoon City, and the game just seemed to have developed a bit of a cult following as it's got older. So uh, you know, it gives a nice little flavour of where events could hypothetically fit. But I did want to make you know make it clear that. I'm not trying to say it's canon because it, it isn't.
4: Not to, to tell you what you want to do or anything, John, but if you wanted to put like 4D Executor in, like, you know, a nice blue font or something. <laughs> <laughs> do
2: you know what I might do? Because if I'm going to do that with Operation Raccoon City, then I don't think it's fair to completely ignore things like Gaiden and 4D Executor. I think you've got to treat them all the same. You either got to include them all or, or none at all.
4: I do understand why you put in Orc, though. I don't know where its sort of cult status has come from lately. I think GT's probably responsible for that.
0: Yeah, he is, yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you. I mean, because that was completely USS Command. Rodney Holbrook, who's a staff member at Crimson Head, he contacted the guys that were responsible for that marketing campaign when he was writing Inserted Evil article. And a lot of the assets had long gone. And you know, using the uh, way back, you know, archive internet, and and it was I've got to say, it was all very much a, a labour of love by USS Command that, that got all of that information.
2: Yeah, I've seen the threads he's made, and he's he's took it to a whole other level compared to what I did, making lists of all the. Uh, the assets and all the little information you can get yeah. on there
1: other things available on our website i'll quickly peruse you've got my new home for my resident evil Garden editorial which delves into the mysteries of this game history storyline and canonicity all my own opinion of course but uh, i have strong views on that infamous ending uh, there's also a fanfic editorial that i wrote uh, long before dark side chronicles came out talking about enrico marini and a chap called gunny uh, as I finally fulfilled my desire to have a Resident Evil game set at night in a forest. <laughs> uh, if Capcom aren't going to do it, I'm going to do it. So there we go. Um, 100% unofficial, but uh, if you take the time to read it, you'll note how it resolves the zero plot hole of how Enrico found his way through from the master elevator all the way to the mansion and so forth. So that's a nice little bit of fun. We've also got uh, Sean and Bat's series playthrough. Um, which uh, you might want to check out. This is something that we, did. we went through the entire games. It just brings it up to speed how how the games flow in chronological order. Because probably not a lot of people have actually played them all, you know, in one go in the right order. Especially when you've when you've got to factor in all the little sub chapters from Umbrella Chronicles and so forth. So that's worth a bit of a read. And you also get a kind of a smaller version of John's timeline as well in that. There's also other things coming soon. You'll see. There's my confidential report uh, editorial which should be coming soon. And hopefully we've got some more things bubbling. Away. Way. so keep an eye out on the website and uh, yeah lots more features to promote let's
0: have a look at what you could have won.
1: so further bit of site news by the time this podcast goes out our competition will be live uh, where you can win a signed copy of the Xbox One version of Biohazard 7 the grotesque version signed by the producer and director of the game so you may be thinking how can I enter this fabulous competition firstly if you head over to our uh, Twitter page and at Resi Evil Pod you can enter the competition by simply retweeting our pinned tweet there and following us at Evil Pod, you'll need to do both in order to get both entries into the competition Uh, then if you want two more entries then you can head over to our Facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash TRE podcast and you can like the uh, appropriate post on there and follow us on Facebook as well do both and you'll have your two further entries into the competition good luck everyone, the closing uh, date for the uh, competition is the 14th of April 2020 at uh, 23. 59 GMT. Our terms and conditions are on our website um, and we'll be announcing the winner in the next podcast episode 60. So best of luck everyone. Uh, final bit of site news very quickly. We've had a couple of streams, updates, stars, you've completed your Chris playthrough for Resident Evil One, Sega Saturn.
4: Yeah, that was a successful one, really. I didn't I did not realise, and I really have took it for granted because it's obviously my the first version of a Resident Evil game I ever played. Um I didn't realise how fresh it was to, to so many people. Mm. Um so it was nice to sort of debut. I know I know people have seen these things on YouTube videos before and whatnot, but it was nice to actually do a little bit of a like tick showcase to see that the kind of things that they can do and show the battle mode which you know a surprising number of people said that they've never seen it before so no, um, be included, be included. it was quite a successful one to debut really
3: it's not surprisingly not something that is found online very much like it's just it's not easy to capture or emulate properly as you are well aware <laughs> um yeah. so you know it's not a very commonly seen there's, all, there's more images i think than there's been video of it there's plenty of people who probably have never experienced it at all
1: definitely worth checking on the other side of the coin you also finished your resident evil 6 stream so congratulations
4: sorry for that everybody Come <laughs> <laughs> on to uh, seven vr now yeah, so, uh, that's, that's good fun.
1: We've both been doing uh, Resident Evil 7. I've been battling through, which was uh, a
0: proverbial nightmare. <laughs> I, I,
4: just, let's just take a quick aside. Uh, GT, Nick, how have you got on with the uh, chainsaw battle?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was watching Sean's battle with Marguerite I'm just thinking, this must be amazing in VR. And I know it's challenging, but I, yeah, as the five people that were watching you play it last night, I found it, oh, just, I was embarrassing myself. Yeah, I find it very hard. And then, I'm sorry, Nick, but someone then mentioned to me, don't worry, uh, Nick was just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah, my battle with Jack was horrendous.
1: Uh, to actually <laughs> do that off screen, that was difficult. I just couldn't get to grips with the chainsaw mechanics, so that's my excuse. Marguerite <laughs> was a lot better. So, can I just ask, did you rage quit? I did rage yes. <laughs> So did I. And just like you, Nick, I did it I, I did it off screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never rage quit before, but I did for Jack. I, I was awful. Can I just ask as so well, what difficulty are you guys playing this song?
0: <laughs> normal. <laughs> I, I wanted to almost lie and say, yeah, hardcore, just reduce my embarrassment. But, yeah, I was on normal. Yeah. It's, but, like, Nick, I just found the chainsaw seemed to just <laughs> cut out at the right moment. Also, am I right to think that there's no quick turn? Because I seem to be turning around like like with the speed of a bus.
1: <laughs> we, we must play the same. Down and circle does a quick turn. I think it was Kendo that told me this uh, during the stream. Like you are aware, you can just press down and circle to turn quick. That... Oh
4: To be honest, the thing that was making me fucking scream at my PC and I was actually I, I was actually going mad was fucking Nick's literally getting chased down, he's getting murdered, right? And we'll go into a menu, select a bottle really slowly, click <laughs> use instead of just fucking hitting the R1 key.
0: Oh, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I think, Nick, we need to read the instruction manual. I
1: think, <laughs> I think, I think, ladies and gentlemen, half your rap team incompetent at Resident Evil Server. But you can check you guys, out them um, on our YouTube channel.
3: <laughs> I'll give you props for playing a normal, I guess. Yeah. 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 If I, if I, Hardcore's biggest difficulty was the very start of the game. That's the place where I got the most frustrated playing it, I think.
0: I now find actually in Hardcore the Mere Battle easy just from the point of view. There's that very easy technique, you know, when you can just push her away and then just shoot her, which I saw on YouTube. So ah, I'm sure, again, with, with yeah. Jack, very simple way to get through it.
4: That's just mm. another one. Um, Nick? <laughs> Nick, what, yes. what, what does L1 do, Nick?
1: I'm told it does a block.
4: And what didn't you do at any point during these boss fights?
1: No, I, I don't use the block button in Resident Evil <laughs> 7. <laughs> <laughs> Blocking is cheating. <laughs> can we move on, please, gentlemen? Please. Can we move on? <laughs> Gaming news, gaming news. Now, obviously, the vast majority of gaming news is Resident Evil 3 based, so we won't dwell on it. A very quick roundup. We've had new trailers. We've had uh, new maps for uh, Resident Resistance. New details have come out. We've got two new, at least two new maps, Casino and the Amusement Park, um, as well as new Mastermind, which that went around the internet very quick to a lot of excitement. Uh, The return of Alex Wesker, which was hinted at, I think, with some of the files that were uh, picked up earlier, but also the man himself... Lord Spencer joining Annette and Daniel Fabron as (laughs) a known mastermind. So who's excited who they want to play as?
4: Um, It has to be said, both of them look fabulous in the art they've released so far.
2: Agreed. Agreed. It's great, isn't it, in one sense, but on another, it's really bloody frustrating how, um, you know, Spencer's been such a large shadow across the entire series, and yet he's barely appeared, and the first time they make it in front and centre is in a fucking multiplayer non-canon game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really bloody frustrating. It's good that they're using him
1: and still acknowledging him, but
2: it isn't half annoying at the same time.
1: And they've all got their special powers, if you like, all their abilities, so we know Fabron can deploy uh, Mr. X, and that can deploy, <laughs> Her husband. Um, Alex Wesker can deploy a plant uh, <laughs> which can't move, but it's apparently going to add a bit more layer of uh, expertise. Have you, have you like. seen it? It's huge. It is huge. It's massive. It is huge. Yeah. Yetivio. Yetivio. So it sounds a bit like the Pokemon Yetivol, but there we go. It's molded a bit like Plant 42 and takes up a huge amount of space. And we'll see how huge. it heals, yes. And we'll see how it, we'll see how it <laughs> unfolds. Spencer, on the other hand, perhaps people were expecting him to deploy uh, the blobs, but no, he has a disintegration field. Which is an interesting concept. Um, If it it ends up looking like the lasers from the
4: movies, I'm going to be sorry.
1: (gasps) I never thought of that. That's a possibility, isn't it? It, All it
4: says (laughs) is it's it's designed to slow the survivors down. Uh, It severely damages any survivor who haplessly passes through it.
1: There we go. There we go. Uh, What are the chances that they've, because they've created a Spencer for this, that uh, Spencer appears in Resident Evil 3 remake? It's possible. Um,
2: yeah, I don't see why there wouldn't.
4: It depends how much crossover there is, because what's really interesting at the minute is the fact that, in terms of like Resident Evil 3 and Resistance being packaged together, there hasn't really been any crossover content at all yet. In fact, I don't even think there has been any. We've not got like, other, you know... Other than engineering um, zombies, yeah. Mm, you, there's no sort of like Nikolai mastermind deploying the nemesis, or, you know, a really obvious sort of scenario like that, so uh, we'll just have to see what happens.
2: It'll be DLC. It be yeah, DLC, I would imagine or unlockables mm. there
1: was talk today yeah. that floating around some uh facebook channels god knows if it's true that there's going to be some micro transactions with nah. this for skins was that false? i think
4: they've um, i think they've clarified it. it's in-game currency that you get at the end of each round apparently and it's used to unlock like crates but only you know in-game cosmetic stuff
1: that's fine which, i don't have a problem which,
3: with that. yeah it makes sense that was in the beta as well there was the points we didn't know what they were for but you got mm. them for
0: completing things so project resistance there was a digital art book released today yes yes i know i did see that yes that's interesting
4: Uh, has anyone taken a look at it yet
0: well i can't give you too much information because i clearly downloaded the wrong one because mine's all in japanese but it comes out as a pdf it it looks very nice it mainly seems to be sort of art based with sort of pointers maybe about you know little tips and things uh, but it's quite detailed. I think both on the RE Twitter and, and the Barhazer Twitter. I both tweeted it out, so you can just download it, you know, download the link straight from there. But I'm looking at it now, there's kind of pictures of various areas, you know, scenarios. There's definitely some bio information on Jill and Nemesis and Mikhail Nikolai. Uh, oh, Tyrell Patrick, Murphy Seeker. Oh, are they all there with some little bios? Brad Vickers gets a little bio as well.
1: And John, you called out the amusement park as being a potential
2: map. I remember. Yeah, there was a clue on the tutorial of the demo we played. There was a because obviously it was all recycled newspaper textures from Remake too, but one of them was a new one that said something like a corporation takes over abandoned theme park. So the
1: clue was there. Good spot. Good spot. So we will be playing this. Um, we'll try and get some games going online so you can join us along. Um, God knows when we'll all be playing Resident Evil Three Remake first. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll get some. Uh, Podcast uh, mastermind challenges going on, which should be quite cool. Uh, other bit of news does relate to Resident Evil Three. The uh, Resident Evil Three vinyl will be released via Laced Records. Now collectors will have known; they've already picked up some uh, copies of uh, I think Zero, Code Ronica remake, and. Two, I think, have been released in another mm-hmm. lovely art pack. Now adding to that list is three, which I have to think looks the best. The purple disc vibe looks sweet. Get a bit <laughs> <lit>. <laughs> Yes, a digital double art pack available now to pre order for Lace Records. It hasn't, I don't think it's given a specific date when it's out yet. It's uh, out. Late
3: April, I think. Late April, yeah. it
1: Rob, I know you've uh, you've got all four previously. I assume you've pre ordered.
3: I still need to order this one, actually. I had completely forgotten. So well, uh, I will probably do that later this week. It's
0: a X's. nice purple colour, isn't it? Like Nemesis Blood. Yes. It's sweet. In the <laughs> Sweet is an exidious.
3: <laughs>
1: the artwork looks very nice. It's, it's funny, it's still the original soundtrack. But Well, it's a great soundtrack, of course, three. Yeah. I wonder how many people who have bought these actually have a vinyl player to play it on.
0: Yeah, I have. I mean, I've, I think Sean's got it as well. I've been playing the Code Veronica one, which has got some very nice artwork as well. Have you been
1: playing on your vinyl? Have you got a vinyl player?
0: Yeah, yeah. got, my, oh, I've nice. got a couple of techniques, yeah, from my old hip-hop days. So, yeah, I've been playing it. <laughs> I've been playing <laughs> I've been playing it on, on, on those, not doing any mixing, just, just <laughs> listening to it. Just um,
3: remixing the Co Veronica with the Resident Evil Zero sound yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> in. GT will be the DJ for the after party for the website. Oh
1: sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other bit of news, uh, Netflix news. So there's been talk of a Resident Evil uh, live action Netflix TV show uh, in the works. Loads of rumors keep floating around oh that, even, that it's started filming. We've had premises. If you thought Jake Muller as Wesker's son was. No, awful... no don't even. Don't even.
4: Oh, <laughs> don't. no, I love this. Just... Let's have <laughs> Billy and Jade Wesker, everyone. <laughs>
1: So let's join Albert Wesker as a fifty year old man with two twin daughters.
4: Yeah, it's a sitcom set in the (laughs) (laughs) resin.
1: Life with Wesker. Well, <laughs> we've had everything. We've had a musical biohazard. Why not a sitcom? So I just want to pre this has not been confirmed. No, no, no. <laughs> the actual
3: production had a, a log, but that was confirmed and then removed, as in it came from Netflix's official website. And then, yeah,
4: which you can probably believe more than the Jade
0: and Billy Wesker. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like the, the Brady Bunch with all the Wesker children in the Spencer mansion. Um, Good night, Albert. Good night, Jake. <laughs> Good night, Alex. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh dear if one uses the way back machine and goes back to that page as it launched um this is what it said the town of Clearfield, M.D., wherever that is. Uh, Maryland.
1: Maryland. Maryland. Maryland.
4: Has long stood in the shadow of three seemingly unrelated behemoths, the Umbrella Corporation, the decommissioned Greenwood Asylum, and Washington, D.C. Today, 26 years after the discovery of the T-Virus, that would make it the 90s then, secret held by the three will start to be revealed at the first signs of outbreak.
1: Oh, sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to have a, a third universe of the game universe, the movie universe.
4: This It also says uh, produced by Paul W.S. Anderson. No, it doesn't. No, it, it doesn't. It, doesn't. <laughs> no, it, doesn't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is, however, produced by the same production company as his films, though because they have the rights. They have the rights. So it's it
2: could still potentially be set in the Anderson universe, then, is it? Uh, yeah, I mean... They, I think they've said
3: it's not, but we, we won't know until we know, I guess.
4: Unless that synopsis has changed. That was on the Netflix official site.
3: Yeah, and then it got removed. And there was confirmation, well... I think the rumour was that it was supposed to start shooting in South Africa in yes, August. Yes, I heard that. Yeah. Was. Which when, makes sense, because
1: um, Final Chapter was all shot in South Africa, wasn't it? So
3: this is what I said to, to said someone else, which is that, uh, yeah, it makes sense that because Final Chapter was shot in South Africa, but there was also where they had managed to kill one stunt performer and almost kill another, and had all these issues. You perhaps maybe don't want to shoot in South Africa, not because you can't, but because it isn't a good look. Doesn't, hmm.
4: it, doesn't, it doesn't take Nick much to get in you know, a Final Chapter
3: To plug, does it still (laughs) the movie? Which is he's waiting, he's waiting for us to get to it so he can be he can be enthralled in live response. Yes, we
1: can all hear his reactions. I think that does conclude all the news. Okay, so we now move on to our discussion for the podcast. It's our final preview of Resident Evil 3 Remake.
2: I got you.
0: Who are you?
1: What are you doing? My name's Carlos, and I'm Sadie.
0: I'm with the Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service. UBCS for short. This idea is completely cut off, isolated. We need help. My men cannot do this alone. The town's crawling with those freaks. No chance of fighting our way out of the city. Why is she here? She's unreliable.
3: It's me he's after.
0: I'll buy you some time. Hey, wait! Wait, Joe!
1: So here we are, gentlemen, we are tentatively uh, approaching the release of Resident Evil 3 Remake. Some never thought this day would happen in terms of both Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 Remake, but alas, we are here. Uh, The Capcom wheel continues to turn with uh, a game a year, and we've reached the final of the PlayStation trilogy that is Resident Evil 3. We've had uh, a nice new trailer which shows off the mechanics quite well. Uh, Cat, the community manager at Capcom, has shown off a live gameplay stream only a couple of days ago which showed some of the new mechanics in action Uh, and a demo is coming at the point of recording. We haven't um, had the demo release but I think we are qualified enough to be able to work out how this game is going to uh, follow. It seems to uh, It's obviously running in the RE engine and it's following a very similar technique to that of remake two alongside the new mechanics so what we're going to do is just go through some of the new areas and the new features of this game and what we're hoping to see so um we'll start with then just a quick overview uh from rob as to uh what so far his his vibe is with regards to this game um um, where are you feeling this game is going to be in terms of overall importance and uh you know gameplay mechanics I think watching
3: both the trailer and a bit of Cats, like a bit of Cats Jam, which other thing, but I'm still torn, I think, on what I'm expecting. It's obviously much like thinking about the previous remake, it's kind of like there's a lot of reimagining here. But at the same time, this what's been shown so far has been a lot more referential to, say, other titles and the stuff that's come beforehand. So I feel like it's a very much a mixed bag. I think the gameplay is it's not really much in question. It's more or less the same concept, just with like added tweaks like the dodge and everything. I think it's going to play perfectly fine, and I think you know that part's not going to be the issue, and it'll be very interesting to see how it's actually able to control when you're being chased by the nemesis and so forth. I feel like it's more of a what's been trying is more of a hub world with the different levels of traversal and through different buildings and so forth. There's an interesting design plan, and I'm curious to see how the actual fully expanded map will work as you slowly make your way through the areas. And Mm. there's obviously been discussions about the way the subway system works and the Mm. hubs and so forth. So um, I'd be very curious to see how that works as well. It doesn't feel like it's going to be one continuous sets of streets. It sounds like it's going to be like, this area then you get access to another area and so forth and that's why there's been stuff like the subway and the sewers and so forth so i'm still definitely curious uh, about what else is going to be added i think mostly what they've been showing is all very early stuff so clearly they're trying to keep a lot of stuff up their sleeves i'd be very interested to see if there's a final launch trailer if it does the old classic which <laughs> shows far too much uh, yes. of the game kind of deal but we'll wait and see with that and then i suspect the demo is going to be probably a very similar bit of the same stuff we've been seeing recently really because I think that's an area that obviously could work but obviously they may also want to have at least one nemesis encounter in there so I
1: don't know i would be very interested to see what they pick for that too. Sean what's your kind of preliminary view of how this game's looking so far?
4: as I've said a, a few times on streams and uh, on Twitter and, and I think even in the previous podcast, I'm I'm all for embracing the changes that this one's going to make since they very much changed their approach to what I thought they were going to do uh, you know, and I thought they were going to do a remake that was effectively going to replace the original version of 2 in the canon. As John said earlier it, it kind of exists as a reimagining that can be classed in a similar sort of way to the Dark Side Chronicles, Umbrella Chronicles retellings. So with regards to that, yeah I'm all for them just going mad and, and changing it and some of the stuff that they've actually done looks interesting i'm quite interested to see developments in um, the mercenaries and their relationships with each other and so i'm not too hot on the redesigns of some of the enemies and whatnot but what i do like and what i do really appreciate and and it was very much apparent in cat's stream, is that they are trying to keep a lid on as much as they can and even like as cat was walking around the streets, she was very careful to not show too much and so i really hope they maintain that all the way through to the release date but the danger of the demo being data mined is uh, is is hanging over this now I feel so we'll just have to see but yeah I mean it looks good fun I've got some really high expectations for a couple of moments uh, which I'll elaborate on later uh, but yeah so far so good um my, one of my concerns was that I, I thought some of the, the city streets and sections looked quite hollow and a bit soulless, but um, certainly seeing it on CatStream stream with the environmental audio and stuff, and there's some really good environmental audio that she showed off. Like at one point, Jules walking around on the rooftops and you can hear like battles and gunfire and stuff going on over, over like the, the dog cries and things like that. So it sounds quite eerie in places. So if they can push that atmosphere, I'm all for it. So yeah, but quite promising really. Quite looking forward to it
2: man Yeah, very similar. Um, I'm wanting them to just embrace the changes as well and go mad, because as much fun as the original game was, it was pretty hollow in terms of story and relationships with the characters. I'm, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with the UBCS this time. Tyrell obviously seems to have a much more prominent role, going to the RPD with Carlos. I'm assuming he's going to stick quite closely to Nikolai throughout the game, which will make, I'm assuming, Nikolai's eventual betrayal of him all that, that more hard-hitting. Mikhail, as well, doesn't seem to have as much of a significant injury as he did in the original game so he'll hopefully have a bit of a bigger role changes like the cable car being put in the subway i think is quite good and and there's obviously more uh, raccoon city survivors just normal citizens running around i'm very interested to see how they're going to treat outbreak in this game they're obviously paying tribute by having so many easter eggs dotted around, but I'm just wondering if um, if they are going to reference it in terms of the scenarios that happened, or if they're just going to ignore it completely, because there does seem to be a lot more civilians still alive as of September 28th than what there was in the original game. Likewise, I'd be interested to see if Marvin has a little role in this game as well. Um, I could see them just ignoring what happens to him in desperate times. Maybe Carlos will come across him in the RPD, I don't know. Uh, the enemies, for the most part, look fine. I'm not thrilled about the new Hunter Gamma. The design of The creature itself looks cool but for me it just looks too far removed for anything that would come from the hunter program i think i'd have preferred it if it was more of an irregular mutant than a hunter the Nemesis itself, I'm, I'm still not completely sold on him. I want to see a bit more of him. Um, I am worried he might overshadow things a bit too much, a bit like Mr. X did in Remake 2. But overall, I'm, I'm quite pleased with the way it's turning out. I'm pleased there's like a hub area. They've gone crazy with their Easter eggs compared to uh, Remake 2. It was disappointing, the RPD had so little in terms of Easter eggs compared to previous games, but uh, we'll see. I've got a bad feeling about Raccoon Park. I don't know why, but... I've got a feeling that might get shafted, but hopefully the clock tower will be there, and we've seen a little glimpse of the hospital. So um, yeah, it's all looking quite good.
1: George, you've been quite media-free, should we say, trying to keep yourself as as less spoiled as possible. So apologies for bringing you on the podcast, so you had to spoil yourself. <laughs> so um, from what you've what you've been looking into, what's your feelings of the game? Preliminary views.
0: I have very strong feelings, but I must qualify everything I say by the fact that, yeah, up until today, I'd avoided all details, and I was happy to go through it today, and, and also I I missed Cat's dream. Last week, my husky had the audacity to be attacked by a little terrier. Uh, she she can handle it. She, her great-grandmother's a Czech, Gazakian wolf, so she's fine, but I didn't handle it very well to the extent that my doctor prescribed me Valium, uh, which I didn't take until today, which I did after watching all these YouTube trailers for it. Frankly, out of respect for the love and dedication... That clearly has gone into it you know San, Peter Fabiano even you know even the community manager so I don't want to be too disparaging on the efforts and dedication that's been put in but I just found what I was seeing so because I, you know I didn't want to rant on this podcast and, and, and bring all the, of that down what I saw it was so painfully linear you know just I mean it looks stunning it looked the neon lights and, and the rain and, and the outside looks beautiful but it was almost like a beautiful carousel you know that the horse on the it, it goes round and around it doesn't actually have any free will particularly where to go it's it's got a pulse stuck up its ass and just goes round and around and around and and similar with this game you're just almost just going again just walking forward this is what bored me senseless after i left the rpd in the remake of two um i just i just feel again that we're, we're catering for an audience of gamers that just seem to be quite happy to put out these you know youtube videos with this i feel disingenuous terror you know, screaming, ah, Nemesis looks so scary. The tyrant looks so scary. You know, I I feel they're screaming for subscribers. You know, real fear, and there's a point to this, for me, real fear, real tension comes from being thrust into the RPD, not having a clue where to go, but having the free will to go north, east, south, and west. And the one thing that I do know is that my progression to safety is going to involve going into certain rooms and certain areas that are currently locked off for me, and the items and the keys, you know, the item in order to progress – uh, maybe on the other side of the RPD, and there's no handhelding. I mean, this looked painfully linear to me, and not only that, the, the the coverage that I saw, you've even got Carlos in your ear telling you exactly where to go. So it looks stunningly beautiful, but again, it's just almost it, I, I've used before maybe unfairly the word lazy development, but it's not. You know what these guys are doing. I, I've got a lot of respect for them, but to me, it's unimaginative and and almost. I feel insulting to the gamer that they feel that we we're just not capable of just being thrust in the middle of the RPD, not being told where to go. And, and and that's part of the fun, making the mistakes and having to find out for ourselves. And last thing I want to say, you know, quite frankly, why would Peter Fabiano, why would Kawata san you know even be mindful to maybe change it up when you've got these huge streamers and huge resident evil channels you know hundreds of thousands more subscribers than than mine has so maybe have a bit more influence than i do just putting out all these videos where again i just feel it's, it's disingenuous fear when actually you know have you know have some backbone and call them out for the fact that you know these games are just not providing for me um and i think for them as well if they they search their souls deep down isn't providing any of the actual survival horror challenge
1: not not a fan of the remakes then
0: uh no <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> but it looked look, it looked beautiful so, it? and you can see the dedication and the passion that's gone into it to, to me i just think they've, they've taken you know kuata's vision is to take resident evil w- with this engine into a, a completely different direction where they frankly that i don't know if they don't have the confidence in us a- as gamers that, that we might actually enjoy you know like i said a bit of change. but but the fear of not knowing where you're going and not just being constantly directed forward in this kind of linear you know go from this level now you're going to this level and now you're going to yeah. this level and you've got carlos telling you where to and very quickly i mean i don't know if i'm being a bit of a snowflake about this but can i ask why is the south american character of carlos being voiced by an american with an american accent that's just a small thing.
4: <laughs> All your things you've said there, George, I can actually use and say, do people now understand why I love Resident Evil 7 so much?
0: Yes. thank. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely agree. I was actually going to say, since koata has been on board, the only two games that have really scratched that itch for me are Revelations 2 and Resident Evil 7.
2: I was just going to say, you make a good point there, George, because we've heard rumours about this so-called fast travel thing that's going to be in the game. I don't think it will be, personally, but can you imagine if it would be? I mean, part of the fun of Resident Evil is being stuck in a save room, uh, you've got limited ammo, limited herbs, whatever, and it, and you sort of have to plan your, the best way to get from point yeah. A to point B. Do I go down this street where there'll be zombies and potentially Nemesis, or do I go through the sewers where Nemesis won't be there, but there'll be Hunter Gammas there, for example? And To have something replace all that by saying, right, you're in a subway car, let's just fast travel and just magically teleport from one point here, right across the city to this point, and just completely bypass all that. You know, I can't even think that Capcom would consider such an idea. I mean, can you imagine being in a save room in the mansion and just being able to teleport from one side of the mansion to the other because you can't be bothered to play through it yourself?
3: I think people have got the wrong idea what this fast travel system is probably actually going to be, which is that I suspect the map's going to be made up of a series of various hub parts and the fast travel only gets you from one station hub to another station hub. Yeah. I don't I, think it's gonna be like I agree. Jump yeah. from R P D to station, jump from, you know, petrol station to clock tower. It's it's not gonna be that sort of hub jump it'll be that you have to get your way through the streets to the station and then from the station you can jump to another station and then from there you have to make your way across another bit to get to another area i think that's probably what it's going to end up being
4: more like an elongated loading screen or something
3: yeah Um, and rather than being just one large raccoon city map there's bits that are blocked off so you can't get through so you have to use the subway in order to bypass the section to get to another part of the city. I kind of know where Paul's going with this in regards to, like, games in general are quite more handholdy and linear, so I can kind of understand it, but I feel like when I think about the gameplay of the original Resident Evil 3, that realistically, the game, while it doesn't have someone in your ear constantly telling where to go, the game already was quite a linear experience. The difference that made it not linear was the stuff they did to kind of pad it up to make it longer and replayable, which is something that we experienced. But realistically, the path works pretty linearly straight the way through. There's there's a few bits where you have to backtrack. I agree, and that I clearly agree. still looks like it's possible even in this version. So I don't think... the th- Three remake looking the same as that is perhaps an issue, but I do understand the idea that there is definitely a a focus out there on hand-holding and and even the remake for two had this. You know, you it told you what your current goal was. You you knew what you were looking for, even in areas that were slightly more open, like the RPD. The whole games are built around that concept. Anyway, that there's this this false sense of exploration when realistically you you've got locked doors and so forth, and the games. Ever since the original Resident Evil 2 have become ever so slightly more linear. If I want to be accurate, so
0: I, think, I mean I do agree with you, Robbie. I think it was it's my fault. I didn't kind of make the point that you know once further playthroughs of, of the originals, yeah, it, you do become a lot more aware of them being slightly more linear. You're correct, but I think it's more the earlier playthroughs when the extra edition of the puzzles that, that just are completely devoid of, you know, of any game since Resident Evil 4. It was the puzzles that kind of, you know, gave you that opportunity to explore. And, you know, my thing was that you would know, find a particular item on one side of the RPD that actually wasn't necessarily of use until much later on in the game and in a completely different area. And, you know, take that away. And and that I think that's the point. I mean, it's it's your first earlier playthroughs when you can get really like John says, you're quite lost. You're not sure where to go. Whereas now it just seems that they feel that that, that this generation of gamers I don't know, don't have mm-hmm. the patience to kind of start off that way. I think they just want to throw right. something into an easy game
3: i think the problem also that's systemic is not just people streaming but you the number of games and people that are completionists and not completionists like if you look at like xbox achievement stats and playstation trophy stats and so forth you can see how far because obviously most games have story-based trophies ones that you get automatically from reaching certain points and you can see the percentage drop-offs where how far people get most people don't finish games that's the honest truth so gameplay has become easier to pick up and play with the idea that it's supposed to incentivize you to keep playing forwards and mm-hmm. people to stop playing and i think it's, it's part and parcel i can't just blame one part of the audience for it i think it's just the way that gaming has gone much more casual much more approachable but i still think at the end of the day resident Evil three even taking what you're talking about with the rpd and stuff and i totally agree with that for the first couple of games i still think resident Evil three is much more linear than any of the games that came before and it was it was a case of like you've got the first area and while there are bits that loop around you're looking for particular items in order to get further along you know you're looking for a lighter to get through a gate that's got also rope around it you then you know get to the rpd and you're looking for an access way to get to the next gate area so you're looking for a lockpick. like Mm. they are just like mini hubs in a constant linear fashion and I feel like if that continues in the remake I wouldn't be surprised because that to me makes sense that's what the original game was like too so hmm. yeah
2: but capcom have tried to uh, create the illusion by saying there is lots of optional buildings and things we can go in that you don't need to go in it's going to be nice to have the the option of going in these like abandoned
3: shops and ransacked restaurants and looking for things and I like the idea I was going to say, in cat stream, you could clearly see you can take multiple paths that lead to the same area, and you can go up through another building, and it comes back. Like those are all really cool things that
0: like, they're all in one area. That sounds they a lot more promising. the idea of exploration. Yeah. Sorry, I mean I didn't see cat uh, stream, so
1: yeah, that was my point because um, I, I would agree with you, George, about comment. You know, Carlos saying go left, do this. That's not great in that sense, but watching Cat stream, I mean, let's just, for argument's sake, just call it downtown, wherever she was exploring, it felt like one giant hub area. She was able to go into uh, the, the donut shop, and she was able to come out there, come back out, go explore this way, and then go up into a building, and then knock down like a ladder, and then suddenly she had access back to that, um, which I would imagine would be quite useful if you're escaping from the Nemesis, and it all, it all kind of felt like a nice hubby area. Which felt quite, as as Rob said, quite similar to Resident Evil Three, because I think one of the best things Resident Evil Three did was that you're in an open area, you're in the streets. How can, you know, and the developers were going, well, how can we make this feel claustrophobic? Well, they did it in a number of ways. They made barricades, they made it quite narrow with cars and God knows what coming, you know, and, and so forth. So at times, it you know, it felt like you weren't really outside because of all the environments going on. And I think I think they've done a really good job from what I've seen. Uh, in, In replicating that, it felt like the you know the barricades were natural. It wasn't like a I remember playing when we did our survivor playthrough. There was just a random barricade. So no, can't go that way. No reason, you know. <laughs> it's just just a fence because that was horribly linear. Whereas this had all sorts going on. And I was pleasantly surprised because I, I, I had the same feeling as George. Going well, this looks horribly linear. And I don't like going through back alley corridors all the time, especially in a big city one. I want I want to be going down the main street like an outbreak. I, I want to be seeing the devastation. And I was getting a bit, oh dear, are we, are, are we taking these back route? But it did open up and um, I'm quietly uh, excited about this one.
2: As long as they keep all the hub areas open. You know, you don't want to complete one hub area and Jill runs around an alleyway and some fire then magically consumes the area so you can't go back to the old one.
1: No, um, the, wor- the worst part of Revelations that was, I hate, absolutely hated Revelations for that. For all these stupid fire shutters that came down every time.
2: You know, in the, in the 10 minutes cat stream the other day, there's more easter eggs in that than the entirety of Remake 2, so I think Capcom are encouraging exploration and, you know, they don't have to do a lot, I mean just, let's say hypothetically, Jill doesn't go to the RPD in this version, I'm, I'm sure she will, but let's just say she doesn't, we know Carlos and Tyrell go there for story reasons, it would be nice if there's a couple of doors in there say that they can't get into for whatever reason. So you would then have the option of Jill later in the game to go back and unlock those doors, not to progress the story or for anything important, but just just have the option to do that. You know, to give you some incentive to uh, to go back and explore these places. Little things like that, I think, could really help make it a lot less linear.
0: I didn't realise that point about, as you said, that's interesting, that there are more Easter eggs to Outbreak uh, you know, in in that short period than there is in the entirety of RE2 Remake. Do you think that may even be sort of a slight kind of subconsciously educating us and fans that haven't played Outbreak for maybe a possible Outbreak release uh, at some point in the future? That would be good. I
2: don't know if they'll go (laughs) that that far, but I think Capcom are definitely trying to say, look, we haven't forgotten about Resident Evil Outbreak, because I think these remakes have made capcom aware that people still like outbreak you know we only really had rita phillips in remake too, whereas we've had posters for it, all sorts we've had the kite brothers in. we've had umbrella noodles we've had support beer um you know we've had loads of things from the outbreak games and this is just in like the you know the couple of trailers and the 10 minute videos we've got of the same area so i'm expecting there to be a hell of a lot more throughout the game and that's why i said earlier i'm interested to know if they're going to honor the events of Outbreak or whether they're just sort of paying homage by throwing in all these references but then ignoring the events that happened and changing them completely so time will tell.
0: Well John I, um, I'll save some of this volume for you for when we do our podcast quad- on the Code Veronica Remake
2: <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I'm all for a Code Veronica Remake
1: but that's another discussion <laughs> So looking at the you know, new Raccoon City, it's always been a bit contentious, even when Remake 2 came out, all these high-rise skyscrapers and things, for, which seemed a bit over the top for a city that's allegedly only 100,000 people going on. Do we think we're going to be ex- going anywhere near them in Remake 3? They're in the background still, but I think they might just keep to, what, basically the same aesthetic that we've seen so far. There's just a
2: cosmetic thing that, that we just don't need, because if you look at the new Raccoon City map... You know, Jill's gonna s- explore a significant portion of that map. And like, obviously, not the outskirts, but the central part of it. And you know, when you really think about it in the context of that map, those skyscrapers should not be there. They don't need to be there. You know, it might as well just be dark and sky.
3: It's just one An of the occasional semi-tall building. Like, a, if you had a if you had a town of a hundred thousand or so people, you'd have a few high-rise buildings. Yeah. But then I guess the idea that they're trying to put across is if this is... I mean, let's rewind on this. Like, Raccoon is supposed to be, like, what? The headquarters of Umbrella, right? Like, the American base of operations. This this is the plan, right? I'm not wrong. There's no other planned base, head of operations in America, right?
2: And there's other... Facilities.
3: Yeah, there's other facilities, but... This is where the G-Virus project was run from, obviously. But obviously there's a huge impact. It's, like, one of their biggest sites. It's, like... Obviously, I'm trying to equate it to something like, I don't know, like DuPont or uh, Monsanto will have a headquarters in a a particular city like New York or Chicago or something, but they have like a big manufacturing town that will be in the middle of nowhere. And I assume that's what, Records, so I I think maybe it was misguided to say the town was over a hundred thousand people because I think that's far too small anyway. But it's probably not also you know, the scope that they put on the city now is way too big for even what you would probably have for a city that was manufacturing products, you know.
1: And considering the the city is effectively owned by Umbrella, you would have thought that the the skyscrapers were Umbrella skyscrapers Mm. so it it seems odd that you're not going to be able to explore any of these and it's just like they thought we'll put some skyscrapers in in the background
3: i mean the boss fight that we've seen uh, a little bit of was on the construction yard and it looks like it's a you know a number of stories up but we can't tell how many but there isn't so much shown as shown at the same height in the background so it's obviously a certain number of floors up in the air it's um yeah, I still, I do still, I'm with all of you. I still have issues with the scope of the city. It's far too big.
1: So, before we talk about then some of the BOWs, we'll have a quick talk about some of the areas that we've seen. The sewers seems to be getting a bit more of a, uh, more of a love in with this game. Very briefly touched in, in, in the original game, that you're barely there, really, aren't you? It's just a, a fleeting visit. Whereas, because I suppose many people felt that Resident Evil 2 covered the re, uh, the sewers quite well, this game seems to have quite a more extended sequence. Yeah. Not happy, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not happy. No, sure. <laughs> I mean, uh,
4: I, I didn't find the extended sewer section interesting in Resident Evil 2 all that much. Um, the remake. So the fact that they're you know adding an extended sewer section to Resident Evil 3 is, I, th- I just think there's so much more of the city we could see instead of just going underground again. To be honest,
2: mm. I agree with it. Unless it's an optional path, though. I mean, like it goes back to this choosing your own route thing, you know. Do you want to run around above ground where the nemesis is on your ass all the time or instead try and move through the sewers? So it'd be nice if you had that choice.
3: I'd agree with that, too. Yeah, that would be a nice option, but I suspect the way the storytelling is, you're going to more likely have to go through both paths at some point. I think it's yeah. the way you would design these things. Is that Even if you've got a choice at first, the inevitability is that you have to eventually take both paths at various points.
1: Yeah, yeah, because that's going to be the key item that you need to get to. For example, if it's to get the gems to get to the city hall, there's bound to be one overground, one underground type. You know, so yeah, it's going exactly to be. That's exactly what I'm meaning. Yeah, to. yeah, and, it, and it, I take the point. Yeah, if if there is an underground section, which obviously equates to you know dark brooding environment it is relatively easy and you know not i'm a big fan of resident evil 5 but you know that they took a bold step in having it bright daylight can we make it scary in the bright daylight could do something similar in this and go well let's maybe test ourselves and go let's see how scary we can make perhaps the most non-scary place going like uh well zoo for example we know how scary that would be, and that wouldn't be great to have the zoo in this. There's a real nice callback to Outbreak. That could be quite a good test, I think, to try and make a non-scary place scary again, and you don't want to go there, whereas a zoo is not very nice anyway. That could be, uh, as you said, John, they could go mad with the reimagining. It wouldn't necessarily have a big impact on the canon, but
3: I would like to see, I mean, we probably we've, there's still probably plenty to show, but obviously like they've created a whole bunch of new buildings and stuff for us to go on, but I would like to see more of Throwbacks to the areas in the original. You know, we've seen a couple. There's obviously that little mini alleyway separated with a staircase and the chalk outline on the ground with the train on it. Yes. Um, The alleyway that Jill goes through, that's both in the trailer with the grates on it, down the walls with the brickwork, reminds me a lot of the alleyway that you have the, the rope around the gates that you have to catch on fire a little bit the the, the, bars and stuff but that's my biggest issue is what I've seen so far if we assume this is like a particular area there's only been a few little invoking bits to remind me of that original I just want to see a few more of those
1: this is going to be a nice segue then because one of the areas that we have seen a bit of exploration is the what looks to be a power station um, that we obviously in Resident Evil 3 this looks to be a more major area and that will tie in quite nicely to uh, we can then move on to discussion about the drained demos this looks to be where they are now living uh, and and infecting which is a nice callback to again Resident Evil 3 because that's where you first encounter them just before you go in but this is interesting they're making a much more of a looks like a bigger area in the power station those comments you know you've got to do a relatively mundane task and switching on the switches and you know and seeing how that plays out but what did everyone what did everyone think of the uh, of, of the way the power station was looking
4: it makes perfect sense but um I wasn't too keen on the drain demos that they showed. I, I don't like the fact that they've made it more spider-like. I'd I'd like to see it more bipedal. I, I think they're much more interesting when they're they're sort of more you know adult size. But as I said a couple of days ago, we may well see that in some sort of boss fight. There may be like a fully grown one. In terms of the environment, um, I don't think that it's going to be as greatly expanded as as it maybe shows, but. Again, props for Capcom for keeping this all so under wraps, really.
1: So much has been leaked room, and rumored. I don't know how well they have done. <laughs> mm. uh,
3: well, my issue with that, and what, I mean, I was going to mention this later, but might as well since brought it brought up, is that they've obviously had planned reveals and then someone broke embargo. My issue was that all over the internet, as I wasn't shy on saying, is that had the video just come out without being leaked, people would have talked about it and there would have been some spoilers but for the most part people would have been like hey new footage and you would just watch the footage right or not but the problem is when people release kind of stills and information about a trailer not released then those bits of information get spread differently and they get shown everywhere and they become more spores. So it wasn't entirely Capcom, but then they didn't really yeah. giving no, their, no, no, like, no, giving this stuff to the the various press people early was probably the problem. If they just released it to them on the night before it probably wouldn't have happened. So yeah.
1: I like the idea of what they've done with the power station and making it more like a nest area. Um, I think that's uh logical um, and the drain demons of course are parasitic fleas. So um, they're obviously going to have some bug tendencies. My prediction and you can put this in the neptune prediction box is that uh, like sean says there will be a boss fight and it won't just be a big one it will be the brain sucker so i think the drain demos are going to be the all version, a bit like the megabyte and the gigabyte from outbreak you're going to have the drain demos the small ones and the brain sucker will be the big one i don't think you're going to get regular brain suckers in the game
3: i like the callback to the original resident evil one two with the hanging swipe thing that they do like the chimera yes yeah I know it's, it's really cool. Not quite as I deadly.
1: Don't... Not quite as deadly. No. It looks like,
3: It'd be interesting if they can pick Jill up as well off the ground at all, but um, that's quite a little nice touch, I thought.
1: John, did you catch the Drain Demos
2: parts? What were your feelings uh? there? Yeah, pretty similar to Sean's, really, Um, and yourself. I mean, I I like the way it's been turned into some sort of nest, and as you said, the uh, environment's set up for a boss battle there, really. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think you're right about the Grain Sucker as well. I don't think they'll appear, or if they do, it'll be as some sort of boss enemy. But yeah, the brain suckers
1: don't bother me as much as the Hunter Gammas put it that way. (laughs) George, any comments on the Drain Demos before we move on to the Hunters?
0: I particularly was interested in what Batman said about the design, the aesthetic for the Hunters because I thought they did look very terrifying but canonically you know, didn't seem to fit with the Hunter program. But in terms of the Drain Demos, I I certainly like the design. I thought they looked very good, yes.
1: Even though you like the the smallness of them? Obviously, they've halved in size.
0: Yeah, no, I just, um, again, more... I think with these games, again, you know, with the Hunters, they're not necessarily going to canonically fit with, you know, the program of, you know, the, the development. But, yeah, no, I, I I, didn't have a problem with them at all. I think it was more for me, rather than the size, it was more how they fit into the game in terms of the game mechanic, you know, sort of coming out from nowhere or coming out, you know, from above you. And, um, no, I, I thought they looked quite sort of nicely revolting, you know, they, they looked good. Yes.
1: They reminded me of the, um, and John, you can probably tell me what they are, the, the plagus that come up from the ground in the mining areas in 5.
2: The uh, Buai creatures, or whatever they're called. Yeah. And the okay. Plaga Type 2 that comes out of the mouths as well, on the Ganado.
1: Moving on to the, the Hunters, and John, you've already touched upon it. We haven't seen much of the Hunter beaters yet. They're keeping that a bit under wraps. They were in the trailer, and we've got... a uh, kind of front on view. They look a bit I say beakier. I'm not sure if that's not a word, but I'm making it a word. They seem more poignant, I think, with their with their, their pronounce. But there's no need to In dwell detail. on them. Yeah I don't think we didn't want to dwell on them because we can we can certainly save that for the actual main discussion when we have a bit more information. But the gammas at the moment, now we do get a lot of information about the gammas. They almost look like a cross between the Ivy from Resident Evil Two. They've kind of got like a quite a long almost like a snout, haven't they? And then they kind of open themselves up in a kind of Gravedigger-esque leading to lots of theories and talks about how they've combined the Gravedigger... B.O.W. with the Gamma, and they've dramatically increased in size. These things are huge, and they can one-hit kill, uh, slash swallow, which, of course, is a bit of a throwback to the original. But, John, do you want to expand a bit more about why you don't feel it fits the Hunter program? It's just that um, it's
2: such a radical redesign for me. I mean, yeah, it looks vaguely familiar, but it's just too different. I mean, the Gravedigger, slash, Type 2 Plaga mouth are just... uh... I don't think any kind of hunter would have that trait, you know, just because it's been given amphibian DNA or whatever. I just, I don't think it fits. I think it worked far better as a new creature and just a, you know, a being some sort of irregular mutant. And it almost seems to be very similar to the G monster from Remake Two as well. <coughs> yes, yeah. You know, that's, that's
1: got a similar, similar appendage, isn't it? With its um,
2: yeah, as it opens its mouth, yeah. So uh, I'm, I mean. They might be different in game, but from what I've seen so far, I'm I'm not really a fan. I, I wish it sort of stuck more to the original design because again, it's one of those bugbears because we know they appear in later titles and obviously they uh, they're gonna look different. So I don't like those kind of continuity changes, but. We'll see. We'll wait for the final game before passing judgment.
1: They do look terrifying, though. Nightmare fuel. (laughs) I think it's a term that's been used.
4: The gameplay of them looks very similar to the GMR goes in two, in that they emerge out of sort of sewer vents and um, effectively block progress. So we'll see if they're any incorporated differently in the gameplay. I also get the impression, and I'm probably reading it wrong, that there isn't many. Oh, really? I, I don't know why. I just got the impression that it might. There might might even just be like the odd couple of them, just to be like more of a set piece than an actual oh. enemy that populates, you know, toward the end game. There's probably gonna be
3: a risk reward system to um attacking them because obviously if you get too close you can get instantly killed, but you also obviously want them to open their mouth because it causes more damage. Yeah,
1: because they talk you can put the grenades in their mouths as well, but yeah, so, yeah that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well,
4: there's isn't even five throw but there we
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Right, let's talk about the titular character then, the big N himself, the big cheese nemesis. Can I bring this up? Because I, I mentioned this to you guys, gosh, I
3: remember a month ago. The trailer that had the nemesis being operated on. Yes. Which we've seen his, the lovely piece of artwork with his pair of socks on. Um, yes. <laughs> I was going back and watching that original trailer, and I came to the realisation that the rooftop that he's been deployed from is clearly not in Raccoon. And it's a big city, and there's traffic driving in the background. So, going back to my original thing about the base of Umbrella, I'm, I'm starting to assume that this is being dispatched from, say, Chicago or somewhere.
2: Yeah, there's lots of rumours They've have massively expanded on the backstory of Nemesis, and this... You know, If this flashback is in a different city or a different location, then this could lend credence to the rumours that Spencer might have a small appearance. Because, as he said, if he's got an appearance and a voice actor in uh, Resident Evil Resistance, which is essentially part of this game, it would stand to reason that he would appear in RE3 in some capacity, and this will probably be it. Because we've seen concept art of a Spencer-like character observing the Nemesis as he's being created Mm. so you know it wouldn't surprise me at all and why not
1: to tie into what we know already in theory this should be do you think this should be Paris that he's shipped in from or do you think there's a bit of room for manoeuvre i.e. they made the parasite in Paris and then they shipped it off to Chicago to finish off or something well yeah I mean you know
2: Nemesis it's an umbrella Europe creation but it could easily have been shipped for deployment in America because they know know it's going to go to Raccoon City so I don't think that'll be too much of an issue
4: Ships to Sheena Island. Oh <laughs>
1: wonderful. And then multiple. We know it's coming. Multiple names. Well they
3: they had the they obviously had the batch number written on the thing and we can see clearly the crashed unit in the background of um, one of the areas and some of the shots and and video from the finished yeah. game as well. So
1: it's coming, yeah. it's coming. I'm I'm
3: gonna curious to see how that information gets relayed in the game. I think that's gonna be an interesting way. And how how
1: do we see all this? When does it, it could be the out? art book. There's that Project N art book, isn't there? Mm. Part of the collector's edition. So we could it could be a lot of that in. in There's in a collector's the
4: edition for Resident Evil Three, is there? there? Oh, that's nice. <laughs>
1: It's yours, Sean. If you are willing to pay hundreds and hundreds
3: of
4: pounds on eBay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks very much. Um, in terms of the gameplay for Nemesis, um, I'm so so divided because in one sense, it's worst in like the flamethrower battle they've showed at the top of the construction site. It looks like a lost, deleted fight from walk in that he just kind of walks around very stuntedly with a weapon shooting at you in a not terribly interesting boss fight but then there's other moments where he's actually running through the city and its his footsteps are loud and he's quite sort of slow and, and he gains momentum as he as he runs quicker that just it was like a playable flashback to damnation and I'm and I'm certainly there for that but I mean you know obviously he's been doing these massive leaps to block you off in areas and um I know a couple of a couple of write-ups from the, the press releases and whatnot that were from the press members that got to play it said he does overpower gameplay quite a lot. So it's going to be a yeah. real fine balance to get him right, I think.
1: I think this is something we've all been concerned about. I mean, arguably, as, as John said earlier, I mean, once you've triggered Mr. X in Resident Evil 2, you can't enjoy the RPD again because you, you just don't have time um, unless you're in the save room. So it's very difficult to imagine how more difficult Nemesis is going to be over Mr. X without it being too overpowered. What's his scope? Can he climb up the ladders like we see Mr. X do? You'd imagine he would, but can he? would it be nice if he can only do that if he hasn't got his flamethrower or something like that? That would be quite an interesting touch. You know, Are we safe at that point? How can we get away? Because I think they also said that you can't actually outrun him, which of course you can in Remake 2 just about providing, you know, you're on fine. You can outrun Mr. X relatively easily. Don't make well, a can. I think
3: the difference there is that you can lose Mr. X meaning he starts searching yes. for you. But it doesn't sound like that capacity has been, well, you might be able to lose Nemesis, but they haven't really talked or no one's really talked about that fact. I think part of what we were saying before... Nick with the you know kicking down that ladder and creating different pathways through the same areas is probably part of trying to hide slash lose him you know in your trails because you can go you know through two different buildings or three different buildings and you can go you can go up over one or under maybe under one a sub basement or something and these will be the ways you kind of try and lose him but then you still have to backtrack because obviously you want to go back to what you were doing You're trying to find an item for a puzzle or solve a puzzle or whatever. So I think that's how the gameplay is going to work.
2: And I think they also said that if you take him on and actually incapacitate him, he won't appear again in that particular
1: area i wonder if they'll introduce to an extent a semi stealth element so if, if you can hide from him will he stop running around like a headless chicken and can you like, avoiding i was thinking about resident evil 6 recently with the kind of ushtenak part in the caves which is a bit stealthy i wonder if they, they could introduce that mechanic where not necessarily the mechanic with the moths but you know what i mean you can kind of like he'll stop running and he'll just explore and if the area is as big as we think it could be for a hub area because you can't really hide that well in the RPD because it's quite small and quite cramped. But can you hide behind a particular corner and then sneak past and then you know you've got a good amount of time because he's not going to come back that way. I just wonder if, if that's one way of them being able to explore a whole new area without worrying that Nemesis is going to come up behind you. I don't know.
3: I don't know. I mean, I think it's much like what Sean was saying before. There's bits of like this appearance that makes me wonder what it's going to be like and not in a great way. Like I do agree like the fight on top of the construction thing with the flamethrower is very clunky. It gets better when he, the flamethrower explodes and he's actually like stomping around and leaping <laughs> and using the remainder as a weapon, and it reminds me much more of the original in that sense with the rocket launcher. And Yeah, I don't know. I'm indifferent. I need to see more, I think, and know a bit more about the gameplay. It seems like a perfect opportunity, but, you know, we're talking about not showing. The one thing that they probably should be showing right now is how this works in an actual gameplay environment. Like, actually release a video that shows that, because I think that would get people interested. But mm. you can show that you can fight them, or you can hide, or you can, you know, That's the bit that we've obviously got the biggest amount of questions about.
4: Yeah. It is also worth saying as well that any rumour you've read about Nemesis being able to enter save rooms has been completely debunked by Capcom now. And that is not the case.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they just got mixed up with what constitutes a save room. But yeah, I'd like to see the return of dumper trucks and, you know, dumper bins be able to hide in a bit like again in six. That would be a really nice way, you know, to be actually physically able to hide and not just in a save room. You know, because a lot of the time when you are being chased by Mr. X, you can lose him, but, you know,
4: or it'll just become reliant on the dodge mechanic that Cat showed mm. off.
1: Yes. So let's talk dodging, which is a nice return back from Resident Evil 3. Jill seems to enter into the Matrix, as she does.
4: Well, Cat <laughs> has explained this... Um... That is essentially, for all intents and purposes, the Revelations two dodge. In that you have a dodge button, and if you press that button with a direction, the Jill will do like a lunge into that direction, exactly the same way that it worked in Revelations two. However, if you're getting attacked, at the moment you press the dodge button, you will go into like that slow mo dodge thing, which gives you an attack opportunity. If you press the aim button, it's in one of the trailers. Yeah,
3: and then you can use that. Time to get a couple of shots and on whoever you've dodged, you know, if you choose to.
1: I can't see myself using that. I don't think I ever use the Rev Two dodge, but that doesn't but surprise the, you.
3: No, the person that had trouble with the uh, chainsaw fight not using the dodge.
4: It's... <laughs> the dodge, the dodge in Revelations Two is really good, Nick. It's very it is actually really good and easy to use.
3: <laughs> oh, Nick's got to go back and replay uh, Rev Two before uh, before this yeah
1: cat showed off very well it's well worth checking out her stream uh, it's on her on the official Resident Evil Twitch channel as opposed to her channel so worth going a have a look at that and do you think that that is the beginning of the game because it it seems like Mm -hmm. that first zombie she encounters is the first zombie that you encounter in the game because Ah. it it gives that time, the zombie doesn't really come towards you anytime soon, it is made to look like you're testing out the dodge mechanic but do we think that tied up with meeting Carlos first? I I got the
4: Monica she's already speaking to Carlos isn't she on the headset? She is! So So I think that is after. If you were to think about it in the structure of the original Resident Evil 3, I think this is the moment of the game where you have to go around to various areas like the pharmacy and whatnot and collect the items to make the train car move.
3: Because you've got the throwback to the fire and the fire hydrant.
4: Yeah, um, and then there's the pharmacy that she didn't go into.
3: uh, The other bit earlier on, when we got to see all the press gameplay but the first bit that played out was, it seemed like very close to when they'd first met. You know, uh, Carlos comes and picks her up from something that we didn't see and then takes her into the subway thing and they're having that conversation as they're ta- making their back way through before you met Mikhail the first time. And I think all those must take place before this because otherwise she wouldn't be talking to Carlos at all on the and radio. We've,
2: and in the very first trailer we saw glimpses of
3: what must be Jill's apartment. So there's also the same with Nikolai being first met and obviously he's already aware of Jill. My theory was maybe it has something to do with Brad, his comments, but someone also maybe mentioned it it may have to do with um with Murphy.
4: Yeah, she she so, didn't act when she had the chance or something. She's really,
3: unreliable. It could be one of those two people that she had a chance to kill them and didn't and Nikolai ended up stepping in and doing it. Yeah.
4: There's a really nice um gif. That, uh, the official Resident Evil Twitter have just put out today, actually, which shows um, two shots. It shows uh, the streets burning, but also Jill stood at like the window, and I'm pretty certain that's her apartment where the game will start.
2: And Nemesis turns up straight away, doesn't he? From the looks of the trailers,
4: yeah, he'll, he'll literally. I imagine he'll literally knock the apartment door down.
2: <laughs> I think you're going to see him a lot at the start of the game because is it the second trailer where Jill drives him drives the car and runs into him off the rooftop? That seems to take place at the top of a parking structure and and some of the screenshots have shown that parking structure is on the main street running up to the uh, RPD. So uh, a, we're going to have a lot of nemesis um, at the start of the game.
4: From what I understand as well, you can see he's still got his mask on at that point. Yeah. And, uh, and his head, you know, wrappings.
2: And I think it's immediately after Jill drives off the roof in the car that's when Carlos comes over and checks if she's alright. I think that's when the first meet... <clears throat>
1: Ah, okay. Let's hope we don't have too many driving sections, please.
4: I imagine it'll be more akin to the Resident Evil 7-1, it'll just be for that set piece.
1: Yes, yes, let's hope so, let's um, hope
4: so. Someone who's not a fan of redesigns, I know, was very vocal about the redesigns of characters and whatnot in uh, Resident Evil 2. I do have to say, I think Jill looks absolutely amazing in this. Mm. She looks incredible.
1: Yeah. I think they've hit her appearance and attitude. The voice actor seems to be very good. I think Kat mentioned it as well. She exudes the experience of the mansion incident while still being relatively young. I think she's only 21, 22 at this time? Uh, 23, I think. 23, so still relatively young, but she's got a wealth of experience and confidence. And she, Well, she's no civvy, after all. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, uh, and I think they've hit the nail on the head for all the characters so far. Uh, in terms, yeah,
4: of... I'm, I mean, I still think if you if you were to take Carlos and show him out of context with no caption or or subtitle or whatever, you wouldn't know it's Carlos. That's my only mm. only issue with that redesign.
3: Which, adds to what uh, Paul said earlier about the um,
1: voice acting as well being his mm. his background. Yeah. yeah, it seems odd. Seems odd, but I think it looks a bit better than what leon and claire look
3: like one of
4: the things that i don't like so far earlier about the game is there's a the dialogue that's taken from the restaurant in resident evil 3 after they've blown the kitchen up and jill and carlos are stood in the alleyway outside and that's when jill learns about uh, you know the fact that their umbrella deployed um that conversation's remade quite faithfully between carlos and jill running through um what looks like a part of the subway and really disappointingly for me, it's in like a a walking section that's yep. voiced as opposed to a dedicated cut scene. And I really, really hope all the character interactions aren't like that through the game. I hope, you know... So much of it's lost, like, you know, Jill's revelation that they are umbrella-deployed um, mercs. Her reaction's lost if all you can see is the back of her head. So I hope they don't rely on that mechanic a lot through the game. As you walk through City Streets with Carlos, they actually have these, you know, conversations full of revelation and, and whatnot.
1: I'd agree. And equally, I'd, I'd be worried about, I, I want to explore that area as well. There's lots of posters to have a look around that, that he just they just casually walk past, you know. Will these areas become almost like locks? Because yeah. you're going to go, th- you know, that kind of thing. That, so there could be two reasons why. Uh, and I agree with you about that missing out on, um, you know, big scenes facially um, with a reaction out on top of potentially areas being locked off because that's a dialogue scene or something like yeah. that. that. It's, be, it's yeah.
4: clearly masking loading or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. Well, you know, I think we've kind of covered quite a lot of the um, what we've seen so far. We have talked about Dodge and the enemies and the characters. What's everyone's major hope for this? What do they, you know, when, this time next month we'd have completed it and we would be we be looking forward to well, replays, streams, resistance, whatnot. But what do you want to be sitting here thinking? Yes, that got that right. What's your big hope, there? George? Start with you.
0: Well, I was pleasantly surprised when you mentioned the the hub areas. So and, and and John as well talking about being able to go into other buildings, uh, you know, it's a point I've laboured before. But whilst I, I'm happy, like John, you know, that the, the the extra buildings you go can go into don't necessarily have to be particularly plot driven, you know, in in order to 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 follow the main plot. But if we can just get little environmental descriptions, I'm never going to let that go because I mentioned before on another podcast these generate discussions through us. You know, quick example that you know. In the Spencer Mansion, the footprints through the bed. You know, that just little description provokes all, all these these forum threads about, well, you know, were they Weskers, you, you know, leading to his room? Was it George Trevor? It, you know, that was the room where he was incarcerated. So I, I just, that, and that helps us just to engage more with the game. So just consider that, yes, that, you know, there are the fans out there, the, the large channels and streamers that, that are going to get great fun and the audiences are going to get great fun from from all the nemesis battles and the nemesis pursuits. But could we please just have that, you know, just maybe move away from the one-dimensional and just have a little more deeper feeling to, to this game? Because for me, yeah, it's nice to have the odd Easter egg back to Outbreak, but I'd just like to see something a little bit deeper than an Easter egg, you know, perhaps an Easter egg that you can actually engage with and, and read and, and um Kevin turning up, for example. Yeah, Wow. well, even Marvin, you know, that was mentioned. Yeah, so let's just see. And and again, you know, Resident Evil 3 was more kind of combat orientated than RE2, you know, with the use of the ammo and the the nemesis pursuit. So I I have no aversion for that, but I just think I would feel the game was more fully rounded if we had included in that, you know, the the survival horror and a, a deeper exploration to it. And puzzles, uh, please. Sorry, can uh, we please that. have some bloody puzzles? You know, just just provoke. You know, like like John said, shit. You know, where 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 do I go? I'm um, I'm in this save room, and, and you want to plan your route ahead. And whilst you're planning your route ahead, you're feeling really tense about if you make the wrong decision.
1: Mm. Batman, what's your what's your
2: hope for this game? <sighs> difficult to say really. I mean, I just want it to be consistent throughout. I mean, looking back and remake 2 a year down the line, my general opinion of it is is I think the first half is is really good, but once you leave the sewers and go into nest, it sort of loses its way a little bit and I hope the second half of this game, you know, the clock tower and the hospital and the dead factory which we already know has been changed to a nuclear power plant is going to be recognizable to the old game. Um, I don't want them to change it completely like they did with the Underground Lab. And I also hope that they, they really make an effort to tie it in with Resident Evil two. I mean I know they you know they didn't know originally that Resident Evil three was gonna be set before and after, but they know that with these remakes. So why not cross over events with Resident Evil Two more? We've seen that screenshot of Jill with Robert Kendo, so that's a you know an impressive sign and people have have speculated about Nemesis potentially knocking down the walls in the R P D so let's hope that's the case. You know I'd, it would be nice if once this game's out we can sort of go back and treat Resident Evil 2 and 3 as one big game that really does connect rather than just two separate games that take place in in the same city because I am still tempted for a first run through to play the first half of Resident Evil 3 then play Remake 2 then go back to Resident Evil 3 just to see what that experience is like so um Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not as excited as a, as I would be for Resident Evil 8, because I just want the story to progress. You know, we're on retreading old ground here, but I'm looking forward to it. I hope it'll be, I think it'll be better than Remake 2.
3: Okay, uh, Rob? Yeah, pretty similar. This is no slight against any of you, but I think I've been pretty reasonable about the previous game and this game. I think I'm just looking forward to surprises and changes and Something that feels familiar, but has, you know, all these new little things. I'm much like the same way as John's just said, but like having a little bit more direct connection with the original just so that we have those reference points rather than being almost all new as far as you know like not just easter eggs but just feeling like it actually has some connection is, is definitely something i'm looking forward to but i'm sure there's going to be plenty of surprises and i'm hoping that before the game comes out in a few weeks that they don't get ruined that's literally my my main hope right now is that that people don't go out there spoiling stuff for people just for because they can so yeah i look forward to the demo as well coming in the next week or two i'm guessing and
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I've, yeah. I've won. And hopefully it
3: doesn't get data mined, as
1: John <laughs> alluded to. My overall concern remains that I think Resident Evil 2 is going to feel really disjointed. I know they've got an opportunity to, you know, as John just said, to put, like, you know, the Nemesis did break the wall in the RPD, but there's not a lot else that they could do. You know, there's no random Brad Zombie, um, there's no mention of in any of the files of. Seeing a man, you know, a big tyrant with you know, with a black trench coat wandering around Mm. or anything like it, it,
0: they could, I mean,
1: it it could have been a lot
0: better.
1: I just throw this out the one thing. what
3: about an Ada appearance, not directly talking but off in the distance somewhere in a trench coat?
1: Yeah, that's exactly the sort of thing they should be doing. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think, John, if you do do the Resident Evil 3 half then two i think remake two is going to stick out like a sore thumb that's well, my fear
2: they did the little thing with adding jill's letter in didn't they uh, which i still haven't got yet actually but um you know they can sort of do it backwards can't they They can reference remake two's events in this game yes so and that's what i'm hoping for anyway i really do hope they make an extra effort to connect it all
4: uh sean you know what i'm sort of I resigned to the fact that there'll be so much changed and everything like that, and I, I'm gonna, you know, already have adopted this sort of non-canon stance on it. So I just actually like to see them just from a purely storytelling point of view. To actually, and this goes back to a little bit of what GT just said, actually getting something deeper and a little bit more meaningful. Like, you know, actually, like brilliant, emotive drama and character beats. You know, I, I wax lyrical about how like it was Resident Evil Two that really pulled me, and I loved the first game, but it was Resident Evil Two that made me appreciate how storytelling can be done in the video games industry and i will say like as much as i've loved seven and things like that i think part of that has been lost in these more modern games i don't think there's a great wealth of emotion you can extract from uh resident evil seven bar that little moment we did on stream the other night nick with jack talking to ethan in that dream scene oh yes, I think My oh, yes. That's a good one but resident yeah. evil 2 for a game that triggers my emotion so much in the original ninety eight version, the remake leaves me empty and hollow. I just don't think there's anything in there that, you know, invokes any kind of real emotion in me. And I just like to actually see them really embrace just like good storytelling and character beats, which I just don't think the series has had for years now. And um, you know, the example I've been using and is the mystery of the samurai edge, which I think is fascinating. And obviously we've got this this sort of image of Jill meeting Kendo. And I think they're going to I think by the fact that they didn't show Kendo's death in Resident Evil 2 I think they've left it open for him to return in the second half of Resident Evil 3 and I think if you look at Jill's gear in that picture and it might well be just a promotional image that they've used of Jill but she's got like a shoulder strap and a backpack and she's got a bandage on her arm which implies that it's potentially after her nemesis infection I just would really love it if they could embrace that moment where Kendo is going to give her her new samurai edge for the end game And it's just a really nice moment, for example, and this is just all fan fiction, but I would just, I just find it absolutely incredible. If like he hands her the samurai edge, she looks down, sees the stars logo and they just do something really awesome. Like she has like a flashback of the Spencer mansion and all her comrades who've all been gone. And that kind of, that kind of strengthens her resolve to carry the fight on and then if they do recreate that I'll give you stars moment she actually uses the samurai edge instead of a generic magnum yeah, just some yeah. some like big fucking hero moment that I don't feel like the series has had for quite some time now I just you know I think Jill's yeah. the perfect character to do this with
1: and we know they're not adverse to having funny flashes because in the trailer we get her being flashed as as a zombie yeah. as well. So if she is having PTSD or you know minor issues like that, in in, in you know minor cause of concern, then they could easily put that in, like yeah. a, you know a proper you want stars, I'm going to give you stuff, you know that kind of thing. You know, and
4: she sees the face of her deceased comrades, and we see them all recreated in the in the new RE engine as she fires her her custom samurai edge. I just think it just be something like that would be so awesome. And the thing is, the earlier games had moments like that, and I just don't feel we've had a really good one now for ages. I think that sort of heroic storytelling has been lost in favour of boring realism a little bit.
0: Yes, yeah, no, no, I just agree so much with exactly what you just said. That yeah, boring realism.
4: You know these characters are supposed to be larger than life, and I just every now and then I just kind of love them when they are a little bit like that. You know, I, I just just think back to all those great moments in the earlier games. You know, as much maligned as, as Code Veronica X is, who doesn't just get a slight grin when Chris is like as a surviving member of Stars? I have to finish this. It's just. Give me those moments again.
1: <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It is ridiculous if you stop and think about it. But, you know, this is, it's, it's B-movie. It's Resident Evil. It's what it's based on. But they've got good opportunity with this game. I mean, you could have
2: a really powerful scene with Brad and, and Jill where he's, you know, he has yeah. a, a breakdown and apologises for leaving her at the mansion.
4: Oh, yeah. You Imagine know, it.
2: Stuff yeah. that could quite easily do all this. And the files as well put some bloody bite back into the files the files in remake 2 were so hollow you know abridged cliff notes versions of what we had originally put some bloody decent files in there please
4: imagine (laughs) a really amazing sequence between like marvin and jill where he heartfelt apologizes for like the fact that no one believed them
2: yeah exactly there's plenty of opportunity here and they've obviously got good voice actors from what we've seen so far so yeah here's hoping
4: so that's my main wish, Nick. In answer to your question, I sort of went <laughs> off a bit there, but no, no, but no just it's... the the reintroduction of just like genuine emotion in this series and strong characters.
1: I think that all sounds wonderful,
4: and uh, let's hope
1: it continues. But we will inevitably uh, look back on this and with our coverage of. Um, Resident Evil 3 Remake will be doing uh, see our in-depth podcasts as well um, and obviously I'm sure myself and Sean will be doing our streams and anyone else as well. So that does finish off our final preview of uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake. We hope you've enjoyed it and just before we leave we have time for this podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. for the past 8 years and 5 seasons, we have brought you groundbreaking lore, in depth analysis, game reviews and high quality content.
2: We have also brought you untold controversies Countless tales of underhand tactics.
4: All in aid of the quiz. i I'd just like to announce everybody that uh, this is zero points <laughs> for me this week. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye.
3: So, my nomination person said seven, but I didn't agree with seven, and I said it was 17 and then you said it was 17
0: I didn't want people to think I'm cheating by just saying the same number that someone else has said so I just, just the next number that sounds similar to seventy seventeen 17 I swear I did not cheat G- yo Jesus Christ What a fucking question is
2: that
1: quite frankly if if we only got one point and that's the winning score then we're not doing our jobs right and we're all gonna have to hand in our biohazard cards. <laughs> Welcome to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Batman.
4: Start tiring.
3: Never! Robby the
1: Precker! Mr. Spicer! Neptune! Biohazard quiz. So, welcome, one and all. Welcome, welcome. Here we go. Uh, a relatively straightforward quiz this week, just the standard five questions. We've got a, an eclectic mix of questions. So, clear your desktops. Here we go with question number one What is the name of the toy shop we see in Remake 3? Bang up to date, folks. Bang up to date. Oh, dear. A bit of creepy bloody toy. Very creepy. It reminds me of the um donut man. Is it donut man from Simpsons? Lard lad. Lord, that's it Anyway, <laughs> question number two. In Resident Evil Seven, you need three dog head models. What colours are they? Hmm. Question number three. What is the name of the head teacher of the Mahara School? First and second oh, name. Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: Finally, I'm going
1: to get one right. (laughs) Question number four. It's a welcome return of the odd one out round. Regular players of the odd one out round will know we play the Biohazard Star's Rules here. So there are inevitably a number of options and answers that are potentially available. I'm looking for a specific one. So which is the odd one out out of these three B.O.W.'s? Number one, Ndesu. Number two, Anubis. Number three, The Hunter 2. Or number four, the Liquor beater. So I'll just say them again. The Indesu, Anubis, Hunter 2, or the Liquor beater. And I'm going to give you all a bit of a clue. It's not the obvious answer. There's an <laughs> I, don't even, I
0: don't even know the obvious <laughs> answer.
1: <laughs> okay. So have a think about that. And finally, question number five comes in from Vito. What is the birthday of the plant manager whose file you find in Resident Evil 3?
4: <laughs> so run that one again by me, Nick, please.
1: <laughs> What's the birthday of the plant manager that you find in Resident Evil 3? Dead Factory manager, I think?
0: So presumably his birthday, I mean, I don't know the yeah. answer, but his birthday's <laughs> going to be in the file, I imagine.
1: Yes, I think so, yes. So they are our five questions. Join us after this one. We'll run through those answers. Stars. Stars. Oh. Uh-huh. Welcome back to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Uh, let's see how everyone has done. So we start off with question number one. What is the name of the toy shop we see in Remake 3? Rob, you seem quite confident this time. What was your answer to this one?
3: I honestly can't remember the name. I just remember the creepy bloody face. It's something weird. Toy Uncle or something like that, I think, is what I was was just popped in my head just as I was saying creepy face. <laughs> uh, I could be wrong. I, I think there was Uncle in there.
1: Okay, Batman?
3: Yeah, it's Toy Uncle, and I only
2: know that because I've been watching the videos as we have been recording this podcast, so that worked.
0: <laughs> GT? No, I've got no idea. I was trying to think of some kind of pun on Toys R Us, which I couldn't. Toy Uncle sounds a little bit creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> it <starts>. Smiths. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> That's one for the teenagers. <laughs>
1: It is Toy Uncle, and I would entirely agree with you, George. It is ridiculously creepy for a toy shop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you yes. edit face and it's just... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a bit like a really odd version of Owl's Barn, Toy Shop from Toy Story. Very odd, but there we go. So yes, points there to Batman and Rombie. Good guess, well done, Rob. That came to you with the uh, last uh,
3: It Just literally, I'm not exaggerating there. I was just talking, thinking about the face and I was like, I know it's
1: got a weird name. Oh, Uncle, Toy Uncle, Uncle. Toy Uncle. So question number two was our Resident Evil 7 question. So you need the three dog's heads uh, in order to uh, get the back door. What colours are they? Uh, I'll start with Batman this time.
2: Oh Christ! Bronze, silver, and
4: oh God, I don't know. Black.
1: Okay. Uh, start turn.
4: Uh, I know one of them is red. Uh, uh, red, green, and blue.
1: Bromby? Red,
3: white, and blue. Okay, George oh,
0: Trevor? I must be wrong, because I think you've all got it wrong. I know one is like a bronze goldy colour. That's because I was repeatedly picking it up every time Jack Baker killed me. So I'm pretty sure the one with Jack Baker is like a bronzy gold colour. And I'm sure there's one that's like a green. I haven't seen any blue or white or red ones. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a greenish one, a bronze one. And then the third one, I didn't think it is red. I mean, I was going to guess and, and say silver, but definitely green and bronzy.
1: Okay. Well, George, your assumption that everyone is wrong is wrong. Um, (laughs) The point goes to Rob, who is spot on. It is red, blue, and white. Very good. Uh, Wait,
0: the dog heads that you put on the door to go outside?
1: They are. They are specifically Mm -hmm. labelled, yes. They're labelled red, white, and blue.
0: I must have my colour up on a weird... (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and play this game. I don't know if the volume is kicking in. This is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously,
1: okay. So a point there to rob half a point to stars who got two out of three. Well done. Question number three. So what's the name of the head teacher of Mahara School? George, you are confident. You said yes. Come on. Well, I mean,
0: I'm now ashamed. The only point I'm going to get is from that stupid manga. It, it, it's and I know this because I was you know doing the translations. It's Doug Wright uh, with a W W R I G H T. Doug Wright.
2: Okay, Batman. Gracia Delincus. Wait.
0: You <laughs> as I said that you went like yo wait you, you wait you said the head of oh no you're talking about the nuns aren't you <laughs> shit <laughs> fuck so zero out of oh <laughs>
3: not she continues on the quiz <laughs> and, and I knew it, it was Mother
0: Gracia I knew it was Mother Gracia as well I just stormed <laughs> in there
4: GT from... on the Resident Evil podcast ladies <laughs> and gentlemen oh fuck he will
2: still manage to get half a point for it, though. No,
0: no, no as, <laughs> as soon as Nick kind of paused... Because I knew exactly what you were actually... Oh, as soon as you paused, Nick, I thought, fuck, what have I done? <laughs> well, I,
1: I, I paused because you're so confident, and it makes me get <laughs> like, I always question my research. Oh, geez.
0: How did you phrase uh, the question? What You said, who is the head of the school? The Mahara school. <laughs> yeah, it, it's Gracia, but no, I've got zero shit. <laughs>
1: Stars Tyrant, who did you?
4: Uh, what did uh, you have? I had no
0: idea. Rob? No clue. <laughs> no. Clue. <I>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. Uh, points to Batman. It's gracia delincas. So very good.
0: Very good. Not Doug, right? No, no. And I didn't know that was her surname. I just had it as mother. Gracia. Mother. I probably would have given you that one.
4: <laughs> I tell you what. There's nothing worse than being so confident about an answer. Look <laughs> <laughs> it all up
0: but, but then giving an answer to a different question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, question number four was our odd one out round. So which is the odd one out, out of these B.O.W.'s? We've got Ndesu, Anubis, Hunter 2, and the Licker Beta. So I say it's not the obvious one. We'll start with stars. What's your... What I'll do, half a point if you get it right. So you've got one in four chunks. And you get half a point if you tell me why.
4: So, to not repeat the shenanigans of episode 34, we have to try and get into your brain, Nick. You know, we yeah, know where that led us last time. This so is a good I one. Don't this, think... this is think... A... Any of these are car manufacturers, so we're good.
0: <laughs> yes. So
4: I have gone for a completely outlandish theory, and I'm probably going to be completely wrong with this because uh, John will tell me uh, there isn't such a thing in place, is that I think, and I've been sat thinking about this so hard, three of them are controlled through like a control device, if you like. So Nadeso w- would be controlled through a dominant plaga. Liquors can be controlled through uh, sound waves emitted by the dominant plaga. And Hunter 2 is a controlled by or, you know, at least led by the little um, HCF, little robot monitor things. The Anubis, to my mind, doesn't have any kind of control device or dominant device like that. So I think it's the Anubis.
1: Interesting. Okay, Uh, Rumbi. I have no idea.
3: I could pick one at random. I'm just going to pick like a beta because I have no idea.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, George, I've got no idea. Um, (laughs) I thought Sean's answer was great. I like that. Um, I'm just going to say, and and Desto's that big ogre creature from Four, isn't he? Five. Uh, that would be my guess. And okay. I'm just guessing, I've got no idea.
1: Any reason why?
0: No, I was going to say no, because he's not controlled by anything. But no, I've got no idea. Okay.
1: Batman, what's your answer?
2: Um, well, I'm assuming it's probably going to have something to do with Pokemon or Doctor Who rather <laughs> than Resident <laughs> Evil. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, to be honest, the only thing I can think of is... Um, The Nindesu, the Lickabeta, and Hunter 2 are all improved versions of a previous creature, whereas the Anubis is an original creature, so I'm going to say Anubis, Anubis.
1: Batman is spot on, that is (laughs) the exact answer. The Ndesu and Hunter 2, and Lickabeta are all improvements of original BOWs, where the Anubis is a replacement for the Hunter program. Marvellous. Very good. <laughs> very good, yes. Sir. Well done. So, definite point to Batman. I'm going to have to I'm to be really penickety. Sean, you get half a point for Anubis is the correct answer. Your answer was very good as well. But it's probably I'm sure... wrong, though. I
4: can't remember much about the Anubis.
1: No, it, you you are right. The indes- I suppose the Indesu is controlled by a Plagga. Hunter 2 can be controlled to an extent through the drones. The Licker Beaters weren't controlled, though, John?
4: Well, no, but it, it's the sound waves, isn't it, that control them? I
1: thought that was just the damnation ones.
4: Well, yeah, but I just would imagine it would still work with them because they're still controlled through sound waves, aren't they? They're blind still.
1: Well, I don't know. I'm toying with the idea.
4: <laughs> nah, this trick is a half, man.
1: Question number five was Vito's question. What is the birthday of the plant manager you fi- uh, whose file you find in Resident Evil 3? Oh, this is tricky. This is tricky. Stars? I
4: have no idea. look, <laughs> it has hazard, I guess. August the 8th.
1: August the 8th okay
3: there you go.
1: I think it's April but I have
3: no idea which day it is I just remember April in one of the manager's files
1: you have a guess at the date one in 31 chance oh. <laughs> <laughs> April 21st 21st I think. okay uh, George
0: I've got no idea but I used to think that the The notice board in RE3, which had 3rd of the 10th, was actually the the 10th of March, which is my birthday, and got overexcited until I found out the Americans do it the wrong way around. Uh, Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just going to say the 10th of March, my birthday.
1: Okay, Batman, this is your speciality, a timeline question.
2: It's his 30th birthday, I remember that, and I think it is around April. I'm going to say April 25th, something like that. (laughs)
1: He's, How no, do is you it, know? He's <laughs> right, isn't he? Is it really? Because he dreams oh, this stuff.
2: marvellous.
1: <laughs> it's April the 25th. To wow. Points to Batman.
0: How? Can you imagine if I did <laughs> that? There would
1: be screams of cheat in the Discord. I don't know, but look what I've just written. What have I wasted my life on? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I feel happy that I got within four days. He did very well. In, in fact, he get half a point. So let's have a look at the final scores oh then. So this week's winner, back on form, back on top with four out of five, it's Batman. Well done. Congratulations. Uh, in second place, Romby with two and a half. Yay. Very good. In third place, it's Stars time with uh, one and a half. Back to normality after the Code Veronica mm. victory there. But not too bad. Better than the zero you predicted.
4: Well, yeah. Uh,
1: sadly, though, the zero... The Nilpois does come out into play. George, not getting off the mark for this podcast.
0: And I even had my my NASA book open for for any any (laughs) rational questions as well. That was a waste of time.
1: You mean Google.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. So
1: thank you, everyone, for playing. That does conclude Neptune's Biohazard Quiz for this podcast. Join us next time, and we'll have some more questions. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That wraps up pretty much our podcast, our final preview uh, before Resident Evil 3 drops. By the time this comes out, we shouldn't be too far away at all. So get your pre-orders in now if you want to play as soon as possible. I recommend Shop 2 if you live in England. They're pretty good. they getting it in... Very early. And only 40 quid, I think, for pre-order, which is uh, not too shabby either. Obviously, the next podcast will be our review of Resident Evil 3 Remake. So looking forward to that. Um, I know with our Remake 2, we spread that over three podcasts quite incredibly. I don't think we'll have a canon podcast uh, specifically about Resident Evil 3 because I, I, I suspect a lot of the issues and points that we discussed for Resident Evil 2 I think we'll probably equate nicely over to Resident Evil 3 so just going to be focusing on the uh, on our reviews but if anyone has any uh, comments call-ins feel free to do it we've got an email address now so you can ping us an email uh, team at Resident If you send that from your normal email provider attach an mp3 we'll be able to pick that up and uh, you'll be on the podcast uh, subject to us not rambling on for four hours uh, but we'll, we'll see how which we get on possible, it? which is possible it is distinctly possible so we may have we could end up having another Community Point 5 podcast which uh, which we did last time which is really good actually I really enjoyed that so uh, lots to look forward to but that does finish up our discussion for today so on that note again I'll say thank you everyone for supporting us with our new website I know we teased it a while ago so thank you again for your patience on that note it is goodbye for me Neptune goodbye from me Batman
4: goodbye from me Stars Tyrant goodbye
0: for me George Trevor
1: and goodbye from me wrongly.